Welcome to the Creative Finance Playbook, where we'll show you how to buy property without banks or credit using creative finance strategies. Join your hosts, Jen and Joe Delafave, as we embark on a thrilling journey to financial freedom through real estate. With our expert advice and insider tips, you'll learn how to build wealth and achieve your dreams. So tune in and get ready to take control of your financial future. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another Tuesday Live. Uh, you got myself. You got Jen up in the house. Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving week, yes. And we got a special guest uh, today that we're super excited to talk with. You guys loved her last time. Yeah. I think she's actually set the record of the most people showing up on a Tuesday. So And that was one of the most watched YouTube videos. If you didn't check out Lexi's first interview, it's on our YouTube channel, Creative Finance Playbook with Jen and Joe. And uh, yeah. But today we got Lexi down here from, uh, she's right in our own hometown, guys. So it doesn't get any better than that. Although we're on Zoom. Why? Because we're awesome and we get to work from home. (laughs) Uh, However, we get to hang out usually once a week or we take a half day. Then we go out somewhere for awesome for lunch as a team lunch. So Mm -hmm. that's always fun too. But Lexi, you want to give everybody a shout out, say hi. I'm sure we're going to have some questions. We had some cool stuff we're going to talk about today, guys. So Lexi, how did we get to meet you? (laughs) And who are you? I'm Lexi. Um, I started working for Jen and Joe. We just found out about a year ago yesterday. So just hitting that one year mark. (laughs) (laughs) But I met them because I was initially their babysitter. Um, (laughs) It went for a quick um, babysitting into a job transition, which is really incredible. I was looking for a position in sales. So I ran into Jen and Joe and everything really fell in place from there. So um, since then, though, we, I have been there, Jen and Joe's acquisitionist. Um, and yeah. Oh, wait a second. Them. I'm going to back that up a minute. So you, how long did you live in Florida before we met? A month, <laughs> maybe <Okay>. two. So <laughs> you just moved down here. Um, and it was really almost about the same time that we did. So you just graduated college from Ohio. Yeah. What made you move to here of all places? I mean, besides, you know, the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> besides the beautiful weather no snow and <laughs> everything being stunning down here no I moved down here I knew when I was in college that I was done with Ohio winters I couldn't do it anymore and I realized if there's any time in my life for me to make a move it's now because I've got nothing holding me back I don't have kids I don't have any reason that for me to really stay at this time in my life so I made the jump I moved <laughs> a 17 hour drive away. And I was in a way starting clean. I didn't know many people, but I knew the area in a sense. I have family that lives in Sarasota area. So I always vacationed, but I had an idea of where I wanted to be. Um, just not <laughs> completely sure on the exact location. So, yeah. So obviously you're new here. You, you guys just moved down here. You start looking for a job, and until then, you're on care.com. Yeah. And so that's how we met because we moved down here, and I want to be able to take Jen on dates and go do stuff. And, you know, having kids are awesome, but when we're new to the area as well, you know, we didn't have some so much luck. So we found Lexi, and the kids absolutely loved her. 
um, we thought she was awesome. And I know when Jen called me that one day, she's like, hey, this girl sounds fantastic. We should offer her a job. And I was like, perfect. And it was literally one year ago yesterday. It was like, I don't know. I think you watched the kids on Friday and you came to the office Monday. Right. So did you have much of a real estate experience before Jen and Joe? Like you already bought and sold houses, you're what, realtor or something like that? I mean, I was a college student, so I had absolutely zero experience in anything real estate. And I make the joke with Joe even now because we'll talk and there's still a lot of terms I'm learning. And that's the whole thing with this whole process is everything's about learning and growth. And you're never going to be at that expert level because there's always room to improve. But when I started, <laughs> I quite literally, I didn't understand how mortgages worked. I didn't understand any part of the business at all. Um, so it was definitely a big learning curve, I would say. But it's something where with practice and rep repetition, doing things over and over, I was, I'd say, easily able to transition into this position and able to learn a lot. Yeah. And I think your superpower, along with talking to sellers, is your positive attitude. Like you never rolled your eyes or kind of like gave a hard time, even though you probably were getting discouraged and frustrated. And I think that that just that patience that you had, like gave you, you gave yourself grace, like, okay, I'm not going to be perfect at this. I'm going to learn as I'm going. And, you know, just to be coachable and teachable um, along the way, truly, you were able to really go leaps and bounds, I think, from being knowing nothing to where you are today. Right. And I think that's really crucial with it is just having a good attitude be and, and learn. And then the next step was, I mean, at first you were like in learn mode, mm -hmm. right? We were going over new stuff. Um, I kind of joke around, but it's the truth. Like when I remember the first time I sat with you, I'm like, okay, there's the computer, pull up Zillow. And you're like, what is that? And I'm like explaining what Zillow was. I'm like, okay, she's really a fresh, clean slate. And she has no experience, which is great. I love that too, guys, because um, the one thing though that Lexi did come well-equipped with that when she told me this, I don't know if I might've shared this once before. I don't even know if I've told you, but the one thing I was like, oh, we got something here, <laughs> okay? Is when she asked me, she's like, so how many calls do you require me to me to make every day? I said, elaborate on that. And she's like, well, I had a job. Can you talk about your previous job and what that was like? Yeah. So I was, I needed a sales internship to get my degree and <laughs> I procrastinated a little and the internship I ended up getting was at a gutter company and I knew nothing about gutters also, like absolutely nothing. <laughs> And I had, I had no idea what I was talking about, but it was a sales position and I needed it. So every day I would go in and I had a quota for how many calls I needed to be making. And these were cold calls. These were people who, I mean, maybe a little bit of warmth. Some of them needed gutters, but when you have no idea what any of that details of gutters in that business, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's funny, but it's like, it was all a learning curve, but a big thing with that job was it didn't matter if they said yes, if they said no, it was just about getting on the call. So I coming into this had the mindset of, I need to be getting on these calls. And what I can relate to that with this position is really, I knew nothing about gutters. I knew nothing about real estate, but I was getting on those calls. 
and getting on those calls every single day, step-by-step, step, I learn more about gutters. I learn more about mortgages. I learn more about sellers selling their properties. So having that number in mind, that's why I was trying to figure it out. Like, what is my goal here? And what will I gain from making each of those calls every day? What's that going to get me to? What, where, what's the end game? So you already came in with a great work ethic, mm -hmm. which sometimes uh, that comes easy to some folks because they're hungry. And other times we got to, you know, lead the horse to water, but we got to put a little bit of water to its mouth, right? We were just talking about that, but. And also like, I got to say, so Lexi in our, her position, you know, as far as we do, like we usually, not usually, we always ask 10 questions to start off with. Lexi doesn't ask those questions. So like she doesn't get like warmed up at all there with the sellers. Like she's literally hopping on a call after she sees the responses. We do have virtual assistants right now asking those 10 questions to start. So Lexi does, doesn't sit there and try to like worry about trying to figure out all that first part. She just was doing what she was asked to do and then took the action and then figured it out as she was going to, to bring it back to you, which I think is important because sometimes we like to overthink as humans and we we think we need to know every little piece of everything to, before we can even start. And that's just not the case. And I think, again, just like reiterating that is you're able to hop on the call, kind of run with the questions that you've been given and the answers, and then, you know, develop a rapport with the sellers, which you're so good at, and then kind of getting into the the meatier part of the conversation really is the term length and the, the four deal points, which we can kind of talk about. Oh, and I I think that's huge though, because no, go ahead, Lexi. I was just going to say, I, I think it's a big deal too. And something really big because throughout your calls, I mean, a lot of, you don't need to know every detail of everything and the seller personally, if you are saying all these fancy terms and trying to explain it to them over what you even know, they're not going to understand it either. So I think just slowing that process down and just first of all, just pushing yourself to get on the call. And then from there, Take it day by day, build the rapport, get them to like you. What what do they need out of this and how can I help? And those are the main things that I always say to myself when I'm on a call. I don't need to jump to the nitty gritty right away. I don't need to have their full life story details. They don't need mine, but I just need to figure out the main issue. Why are they selling their home? What do they want for it and how can I help? And that's start there. You guys know personally too, I'm sure what exactly you're needing out of your calls. What's your end goal and how do you get there? It's a step. It's not just a jump. So when you could obviously see when Lexi turned to me, I was like, hey, cool. I'm willing to learn. And how many calls do I need to make a day? Because your mm -hmm. old gutter job, you had to make how many a day? I think it was 25 to 30, but that was like Cold to get calls. the deal. Yeah. yeah. Get the deal. And that counts. The calls didn't matter unless you got the deal. Yeah. So you're having to make 25 to 30 calls a day. Right. So that same work ethic translates over to what we do. Mm -hmm. However, she's not cold calling. These people have already reached out to us with the property that they want to sell. And now it's where they've asked the 10 questions or they've answered those 10 questions. And there's some times where maybe they don't. And Lexi hops on a call and kind of finishes that up too. Um, but the main point of it is just a numbers game. Ask the right questions and collect the information. So I would say from Lexi's standpoint, for the first, like, I don't know, I would say it's, and it's usually about that six month span is where you have questions. I talked mm -hmm. to a seller, they said this, now don't get me wrong, it's been a year yesterday and there's still questions that arise, mm -hmm. but it's way less. Yeah. Way, way, way less questions. So did you feel like what, how long did it take you? And you're always feeling more comfortable, I get it. But to the point where you're like, 
in the beginning, I have no clue what I'm doing. And then you got to a point, how long did it take to where you're like, okay, now I, I, I got a good grasp of what I'm doing. I'm no expert, but I, I got it now. That's actually funny because I would go through stages where we had a, we would have a day where I was like, oh my gosh, I get this whole job. I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, I am on board with this. And then the very next day I'd go in and I'd be leaving work and I'd be like, I don't know what I'm doing in my job. I'm so confused, all of this stuff, because every day you're going to get new challenges and you're not going to, just like I was saying, you're not going to know everything at the time. But it definitely took me a couple months to just get out of feeling that at all, because I was on... I was going back and forth between, oh, I know everything to, I don't know if I know anything. Um, but now I'm at that point after making those calls and learning what I don't know. Um, I'm finally at that point where I feel like I don't know everything yet, but I know enough to feel fully comfortable and continually to making those calls. But I only got there because I went through the uncomfortable phone calls and I was able to really identify what I didn't know. Yeah, well said. Well, and I think though too, just because out of your pure personality and being just super great on the phone, like your superpower, we always say is not messaging. It's mm -hmm. always Lexi on the phone. I cannot tell you how many folks said you need to pay her more <laughs> um, and you need to give her a raise and you guys are going to make so much money on this. And the only reason I'm selling is because we like her. And I mean, countless of times. So being obviously relatable, likable, having good phone skills are super helpful. So one of the things that I always think to is being pleasant on the phone, how to win friends and influence people. Dale Carnegie, great book. If you ever already listened to it or read it, it's well worth it. But that's Lexi's like superpower. Okay. So when it comes to like numbers and all that was like, your was that your other superpower too? Or is that like, Hey, I know how to calculate all this stuff. This is what I've done my whole life. What was that like getting into it? I wish I could say that was my superpower, but I'm afraid numbers will probably never be my superpower, <laughs> but that's the other thing that's so cool about this is you don't need to be a whiz in the moment at numbers. You can take your time. You can look through them. You can ask questions. Um, so even now, if, if I'm trying to figure out a number right away, I will not do that on the phone ever. I always wait. Oh, let me get back to Jen. I'll make an excuse almost because there's no need to give a number right on the call right then. Um, and it also helps build rapport by prolonging that in a sense, because you're talking with them, you're figuring it out. You don't have to cut down to business right in this moment. And so if you're not good at numbers either, I think a really good thing to do is just take a step back, figure out what you don't know. And once you get the hang of it, it becomes easy. Um, so now that I've been doing this for a year, I'm not as scared as the numbers <laughs> as I was prior. I would call Joe and I would freak out and just be like, I... <laughs> can you do this? It might just be addition, but I can't do it right now because then you get in your head and it gets confusing. And once you're in your head, it's hard to pull yourself out of it, but that's why it's important to take a breath, realize it's, it's okay. You're going to figure it out and just take it step by step. Yeah. I love that approach too. And so when it comes to analyzing the deals, do you go and run all of the comps, meaning you look at where the area is and you pull the numbers and see what the house is, could be worth before you're getting on this seller call? Or is that something you do after? A lot of the times that's something I'll do after because I don't want to be wasting my time. If I know that the seller, if I know the seller already from speaking with them is not open to seller finance, and they have already given me their price. I'm not going to take the time once I know that it's not in something that we're able to do or something like that to run those numbers if they're going to say no anyways. 
So it really just depends on the scenario specifically. Sometimes I will, if I take a glance at it and it looks like there's potential, I'll do that before my call. But a lot of the times I'm waiting till after I figure out exactly what their needs are. I feel like a, a proud, like, oh my gosh, right now. Okay. <laughs> because I will tell you, one of my kryptonites that would kill me on time was mm -hmm. I would do all of the research before the call. Mm -hmm. I knew what the neighbor's house sold for. I know this. I prop streamed this. I did all the things. Spend 20 minutes. I'd get on the phone. They're like, nope. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I just wasted 20 minutes. I probably should have found out nope first. But that took me a long time. Yeah. You don't know how proud I feel right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because if they say yes, now, okay, great. Thank you for the information. Now it's time for me to do a little research. So what Lexi was mentioning is we just got really great at asking the questions on the phone, gathering their information after they've already answered the first 10 questions. Once they get into the closing call process, she asks a handful of questions, gathers the information, and then starts doing some due diligence then, right? But if they say, no, I won't do terms because we're a little different, we ask everybody if they'll always do terms first. And if they say no, we always ask them what a cash offer is. So do we do any of those deals too? Yeah, definitely. Um, and a lot of times too, if I'm looking at numbers, sometimes I'll throw it in on Zillow and just kind of see what the area looks like if we are looking more towards cash and I already know absolutely not to terms. And if I see that just from my quick glance that there's a good potential for that to be a good deal, I'll hop on the call right away and I'll still get that information because what they tell you in text sometimes is different than what they mean in person. Text can be relayed differently than their true intention. So I always hop on that call, see what they're looking for um, and do it that way then. But we definitely are getting some cash calls in there as well um, that are good deals. Yeah, we've got a bunch either made, currently made for sale now or pending. So mm -hmm. absolutely. So they're not all creative finance deals, right? We're going to ask the question. Some lead to creative finance deal. Some, it they make sense for a cash offer, but they'll take a really, really big discount because maybe the property needs a little bit of work, right? right. That, that's not a turnkey, beautiful house that we're paying top dollar cash for. Mm -hmm. So you're able to kind of look at it quickly and kind of determine. Right. And then the other thing too, is there's also those people who say absolutely no to terms. I don't want to do it. It's not what I'm looking for. And then you get on the call with them and maybe there's, you saw some potential for cash, maybe something else. But you hop on that call and then you realize, oh, they actually are interested in this. They just didn't understand the text. So that's another reason, too, why it's so important. If there's any potential, if you like the deal, hop on that call regardless, because there's so much opportunity out there. And just like if someone was coming to talk to you about gutters and you didn't know every detail about gutters, you'd probably say no right away, too. So it's really just <laughs> easing them into it. <laughs> the gutter. I love but, it. Yeah. That's perfect. So I want to ask, is there any seller or situation in the past year that you can think of that either was like your favorite or like unforgettable, or maybe one you're like looking forward to, to the deal closing or just anything at all? You know, I like to really talk about like the real stuff. So anybody, you don't have to give out names, but you know, any sort of deal that you want to kind of just chat us through a little bit, we can share with people. Yeah. One of my favorites we recently just closed on and it was in Clearwater, Florida. Um, and I love that deal because the situation was the seller was talking to multiple people um, and he was getting offers that were much higher than what we were able to offer. But through building rapport and talking through him, guiding him through the process step by step, he even said to us personally, 
I'm choosing to go with you, not because I'm getting more, but because I, I like you better. Um, so I think in that situation too, I mean, he wasn't going to go with us at first until we hopped on that call. And so it really just shows the value in how much your voice can do and how much relating to someone can do and have, understanding someone too. And a lot of these people, if you're selling your house, sometimes you're just planning to move. But a lot of times what I've found is these sellers have a pain point. They have something that is making them move, even if they don't want to be moving. And so if you can be the person that can understand that and help them get out of that, that it's just, it makes you feel good and you're helping someone else along the way too. So that was one of my favorites just because it did a 380. Like no one was expecting for this to come to us. We weren't offering the most, but we got the, we got the deal. Well, because once again, and he's one of the guys that told us that we need to pay you more money <laughs> because he really <laughs> liked you. Right. So right. once again, and here's the other part of Lexi's superpower. Um, how long did you, were you at this guy's house before he signed the agreement? I never went to his house. I never saw it in person, never drove by it, nothing. So even though we live like so close, we still didn't go to it. We sent other people to the house, right? Right. So I'm not about sending Lexi to somebody's house just because he's giving us a big <laughs> no. discount, right? I think so, her parents would have a word. <laughs> I would even, there's no way you would allow that. Oh, happen. I know, I know. So <laughs> no, so you obviously, we made that deal. I think you were at your house. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the real neat, cool thing about it. Although he did meet the other people in person because yeah. they went and saw the house. So the fact that he still wanted to go with us because he liked us really goes a lot about how to build that rapport over the phone and he really enjoyed talking with you. So once again, we've identified Lexi's superpower. Mm -hmm. And that's why when she's like, how many of these calls do we need to get on? I was like, oh boy. Yeah. And the compassion great. in your voice, just retelling the story because his situation, like he just, he did not have the time to worry about listening with a realtor and going through all of that because I think he had a sick, a sick um, parent, you know, so his priorities were elsewhere. And so again, you don't know what's going on in, in people's lives until you ask them the questions and, you know, really care for them because that's really, I think what's always drawn me to some of these situations too. I remember one while back was the Tuggles <laughs> like that. I was like bound and determined to help these people um, in Greenwood, Louisiana. And we made it happen. So it's like when you are invested in them and their lives, like you kind of go the extra mile without having to go to their house. <laughs> oh, it was the whole thing. Save the tuggles. Yeah. We made it work <laughs> and they were happy. We were happy. It worked well for everybody. So yeah. when you really care about the people that you're helping and it could work out well for everybody. So um, what's, I would think now that you've been doing this for one calendar year, coming from zero experience to where you are now, if you haven't done this before and you're just looking to get started, or maybe you've already started a, a little bit, what is some of your like must do's? Like what are your best habits or, or things like that you would recommend for somebody just starting out? For me, what was really helpful because I know, and I'm sure a lot of you feel this way too, but when I first started, I was scared to get on the phone. Um, I had a lot of reservation about that. And I don't know specifically why I was feeling that way. Um, it, it can get intimidating. Sometimes you're scared of what if they ask me something I don't know, things like that. And that was a big hump for me to get over at first, but I, that was when we were in office and I had Joe <laughs> sitting behind me saying, okay, time to get on a call now. And so I was kind of pushed into that position to just do it. And just getting on those calls and doing that, that's one of the ways I learned so much. And I would say the other thing too is I we have our scripts. Um, and so when I first started, I would not get on a call unless I had Zillow pulled up on one screen. 
I would need my script pulled up on another screen. I would need everything in front of me in order to make a call. Um, because that at the time was what made me feel confident enough to do it. I had the information I needed if I needed it. Um, and I honestly wouldn't recommend doing something like that because it I, I became dependent on it and I sounded too scripted. So instead of doing that, I think the biggest thing is just pushing yourself to get on those calls. If you don't know something, write it down and learn what you don't know. But just pushing yourself overall to do that and just get over that hump, because once you do that, it'll be night and day. You'll be making calls like it's nothing. And it really became that. It became just something that I do. It's not something I stress about anymore. It's not something I'm nervous to do, because I know at the end of the day, if I don't know something, that's okay. They probably don't know it either. So that's when you hop, you take a step back, like I keep saying, and you just learn it. So I think for me personally, taking away my crutches and just kind of going with who I am as a person and talking to them that way, instead of such a structured business way all the time, which obviously it's important to incorporate that at some point, but it's not always needed immediately. Um, so doing it that way really helped me a lot. And I would say just staying organized and on top of it too. Um, whenever you learn something new, write it down so that if you ever need it again, you can take a look back at it and have a growth mindset because there's always room to improve. Beautiful. I mean, you guys, if you don't see why she's a superstar. <laughs> yeah. And I mean. she does, she would carry around like a little notepad, like <laughs> something like this. So she'd be walking her and put all her little notes in it. Oh, yeah, because we'd sit there in the morning. She's just like doing all these. Write it. She's yeah. like, I'm like, I don't know. She's got good notes in there, though. She's taking notes. But yeah, you look up. Like, oh, okay. She took all the things, and then she puts them right in the CRM, so we'd be able to read some notes. So if the seller um, said no right now, or whatever the, the the major things are, you have that in writing, and that's really important too. So you can go back to that. And she didn't always have it easy, guys. I will tell you in the beginning. She's making her first calls with me sitting ten feet behind. Right. <laughs> So the fact that she, I mean, would any of you want to come do it? I mean, we, we should, right? But uh, she was sitting 10 feet in front of me making phone calls and I'm listening to the call. You could hear what's going on. And then I would, she would turn around and I could tell by her facial expressions. Like sometimes she was either like a really great call and she's super smiling. And then other times like her eyes would uh, light up and I could tell like that they're maybe a little bit more of a challenging seller, but um, always still kept a good attitude and even did it that close. So Lexi's one of the people, and uh, we were talking about this the other day, is you're, you were really good at working in the office together, but you're like really good working remote. And that's why we eliminated the office. Mm -hmm. Real estate's about a lifestyle. Jen kind of brought it to me that we moved to Florida to be outside and have a lifestyle. Why are you going to this office every day? And we miss you at home and we homeschool kids and I'm missing stuff again. But I thought, oh, it's going to be great because we have this office. We learned a lot. Lexi learned a lot in that time we had it there. It served its purpose. Yeah. I think if you guys were trying to do that remote, she'd still be, you know, learning in real learn mode versus like where she's at today. So I think that it was helpful for sure. And then yeah. we went away over the summer. And when we came back, Jen's like, I don't think we need the office. And <laughs> Lexi just added a new family member to her family. What yeah. did you guys get? We adopted a little, she's a, pit lab mix and she's the sweetest thing ever so it was good timing because I could stay home train the new dog mm -hmm. uh, when I needed to let her out if I had to but also was able to work from home which was awesome and then became like 
way more productive too. Like, I don't know what happened, but like seller calls were happening more. We we're making deals more like stuff was also certain. Well, I think everything came to a head Her confidence rose and she's, you know, really came into her own too. So can you kind of walk us through your day in the life of like real estate acquisitionist? Like, what does that kind of look like from morning till you clock off? Yeah, definitely. So like Jen was saying earlier, we do have virtual assistants who will run those 10 main questions with the sellers first. And then once they run through that full script, basically by the end of that, I'll know if they said yes to terms, if they said no to terms, I'll know why they're selling and I know how much they want for their property. So throughout my day, I'm basically, I start off by saying whoever said yes to terms. I always start with those people first and I start with the people who are looking to sell now. So if someone had mentioned to us, oh, I'm looking to sell in a year, maybe three, or I don't really know, I'm just looking for um, a number for what my house is worth, something like that. I do not prioritize those people at all. Um, just because I'm looking for those people that I'm looking to sell now, I need out of the situation, who can I help first? Um, so once I figure out those priorities on who to talk to first, I basically will examine our notes. I'll figure out those 10 questions, all the answers that they said, and I'll hop on a call right away. So I'm not doing all this market research on the area first. I'm not doing any of that initially. Um, but once I get on the call and I figure out if this is something that'll actually work for them, I run all those numbers and then I hop right back on a call with them too. And I think the more times you call someone and actually they get the chance to hear your voice, the more they're going to like you. So it's okay to not have every answer. You don't need to give them an offer in the first 30 seconds of your phone call with them. <laughs> um, and that's something I had to learn along the way too. I thought I had to be have everything in a line prior to even knowing what their first name was. And that's not how it is. So um, that's a big thing I'll do. And then I'll go through, okay, who said maybe to terms? And why are they saying maybe? What are their concerns? And I'll get on a phone call with them. And then once I get through those, I'll look and see who needs, who's trying to sell for cash? Um, what are they selling for? And that's when I'll look a little more into those numbers because those numbers will matter a bit more because um, it's less flexible with the rest of the terms. But um, that's kind of the main thing I do. But the other thing I'll do too throughout my day is I'll follow up with any leads that have come through that maybe it wasn't the time for them to sell the last time we spoke and I'll see what's going on with their house then. And I think that follow-up super important too. And you can look on Zillow and see if their home is sold yet. And that's one thing I'll do before I get on those calls. So when I see, oh, I see your house has been sitting for six months since the last time we talked what's going on? And I just figure out information. I try to get back on their good side. I want them to know if you need us, we're here for you. Um, and we want to buy your house. So that's another step I would say I take in my day. Um, but other than that, it's really just following up with those leads and hopping on calls. You make it sound so easy. It is. So, I know. <laughs> just pick up the phone. If you have a phone, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Here so, guys. One great question we just had is, uh, have you guys shared uh, your 10 questions anywhere? I'd love to see them, Robert. Yes, we do. Uh, we have that script on creativefinanceplaybook.com. You can go, go there and download that for free. Um, we'll also drop that right in the comments. Um, but so Lexi, I have to ask a question. You started a year ago. A year ago, the real estate market was different than it is now. Um, we've had uh, quite a bit of interest rate raises over the time. The real estate market has definitely cooled off a little bit. Um, compared to last year, how would the sellers, the leads that are coming in now, what are you seeing from that? Are they less motivated to sell, more motivated to sell, not interested in seller financing, more interested? What does it seem like to you? 
When I first came in, I remember it being a really weird time in the market. And I think a part of that was COVID and people move. It was just a really strange time to come in. And it's definitely different than it is now. Now with the interest rates, what I've been seeing at least is a lot of people are struggling to sell their home on the market. And a big part of that is no one wants to pull out a mortgage with such high interest rates, especially if the house is turnkey, beautiful, and you're going to be paying a lot for it. So with that, a lot of people are struggling with their realtors because they think it's it could be partially the realtor's fault that it's not selling. But at the same time, they've been seeing their house sit on the market for six, seven, eight months, sometimes even more than that, and they need out of it. So I'm seeing a lot more motivation from these sellers. The people that we had in our CRM a year ago, we're reaching back out to now and they're open to terms now. So there's that shift in their behavior because they're realizing that their initial plan wasn't going how they wanted it to. Um, and so that leads a lot more people to be a lot more open-minded to different options, especially if you're still able to get full price for your property in this market. And you're talking directly to the homeowners, right? These aren't agent calls that you're getting on. No, when I am making a call, even if I have someone that reaches out to me that says, hey, I'm listed with a realtor, can you call her? I will always try to call that seller first, regardless. I do not want to talk to the realtor until I've spoken with the seller because the seller's the decision maker. The realtor is not going to decide if they want to sell with terms or how much they need for cash. It's going to be that seller. So it's important to get the decision makers on the phone first. Um, and then if they want to keep their realtor on board, you can include the realtor later on. But I definitely think getting that information goes straight to the seller every time. That's absolute gold mm -hmm. right there, y'all. Um, if you haven't listened to one thing that this amazing person has said this entire podcast, rewind that like 15, 30 seconds because mm -hmm. um, these sellers have reached out to us yeah. with a property that it's not selling. Direct to owner is the best way that you're going to make the deals. We've talked to a lot of agents and the agents, we love agents, but they're the gatekeeper when they're working for with a seller, right? And if this if that agent doesn't want to give the message or doesn't do it right, it won't or, let you get on a three way call because, like Lexi just said, you need to create the terms with the decision maker. So if it's somebody that's giving you a hard time to get to the seller, then move on, follow up. But you know, I feel like a lot of people are spinning their wheels, hoping they're going to get somewhere when like the gatekeeper is just not letting them through. Yeah, we we heard a lot. You know, Joe, the, the agent won't let us get on a three-way call with the seller or the agent says they won't want to do this. Well, then stop talking to agents. Mm -hmm. Go directly to seller, get the agents out of there. And if you make yourself visible on places like Facebook, the sellers can find you. Yeah, and I would think the one thing though, you know, we have made deals on the market before, mm -hmm. but that was just like what you said. They've reached out to us with a property, want to sell. And then after they give us the information about all of what's going on, then like, oh, by the way, it's also listed with an agent. And then we go look it up and it's been listed for, you know, 128 days and it's not selling. So what, what Lexi just mentioned is we agree on the price and terms with the seller directly. And then we reach out to the agent and I just notified them, hey, I spoke with the seller. They reached out to me about a property. And well, I just did this. There's one we're working on right now in Clearwater, by the way. Uh, I reached out to, the, the seller reached out to us first. We talked about what he wants. Then I got on the phone with the agent after. Um, and I think you might've talked to him because then he texted me and was like, hey, I talked to somebody on your team today and I just want to make sure it's the same people because um, they mentioned doing seller financing and this seller might do seller financing if we put a certain amount of money down. 
I was like, interesting. This is that one where the guy's a boat mechanic in the backyard and all that stuff with the overhead picture of all the oh. boats. <laughs> it's that house. So it's so funny how that happened. So once again, we're always direct to seller first. And then if we agree on the deal, we obviously always involve the agent who's listing the property. Tell them what we already agreed on. Please write this up. Do not blow up this deal. Just do the good stuff and we'll go to closing and everybody makes out. Mm -hmm. Another question we had is the VA script through SMS or cold call. So how we run our business is we do run sponsored Facebook ads. So this is all messaging done through Facebook Messenger with our virtual assistants. Um, it does kick into our CRM. And then Lexi will hop on a phone call with the seller on her on her phone. And if you are just starting off and you don't have any of that fancy stuff and yep. you just join a Facebook group and you make that blue ad, does anybody have a house for sale that's not market ready? I'm looking to buy one in the next two to three weeks. If you get that and you post that into a Facebook group as a discussion and you make the background like blue or pink or whatever color you like, um, and then post that, you're going to have people reach out to you usually on Messenger or on your post. And then you just message them the 10 questions on Facebook directly. Mm -hmm. And then you only get on the phone with the good, happy, motivated people who want to sell their home. You know, uh, And I will say, we have a policy, like we don't deal with, you know, crazies or, or rude people or, or anything like that. Try not to deal with um, However, once in a while, one kind of slips through the crack. I don't <laughs> know if you saw, but Kodak is back. Messaging. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, the messages that we get from folks, guys, you have to You have, you fun have to laugh. If you don't have a sense of humor with real estate, like you're just going to mm -hmm. run off and cry, I think. I mean, I remember in the very beginning when we started posting, I would get a little upset and then I realized like, wow, like these people have nothing else to do. And then when we started, you know, consist consistently kept posting and we started actually turning those into deals, then obviously it felt better. So that's a piece of advice there is like, just get through and block if you need to and ignore, but definitely just focus on the ones that you're actually going to help and laugh, you know, not laugh at them, but laugh along the way. <laughs> There's just some crazy internet trolls out there. Wow. Oh, um, yeah. So you got to have fun with them guys and, and not worry, but I do feel like, uh, Lexi, you're 23, just recently turned 24. And some of the conversations that you've got to witness over the last year, um, including some of the pictures that were sent to us and all the other things that uh, this poor young lady has got to witness, um, people are, are, you know, whatever on Facebook, our favorite method of marketing is Facebook leads. Mm -hmm. So again, if you are looking for free and you don't have your Facebook page updated with a nice smiling photo of yourself, just looking normal um, with some public posts that you're posting, whether like for me, I live in Florida, you're going to see palm trees and the beach, Lexi too. Um, I love the pictures you share with Noli out in the water. Um, but then also have a Facebook business page, cost $0. So having that virtual storefront we talk about and again, sharing on there how you're helping people. So that question number two on that 10 question script is why are you selling and then I always turn those into stories and share with people like why people are selling their houses and then others might hear of that you tell people that you're doing this and you can offer referral money and the list goes on and on and on so I mean there's all sorts of ways I'm not a door knocker you could go do that knock on doors see if people want to sell their house you could drive around especially I know in our area we're constantly like oh that's a great house take a picture like let's write it down yeah, everything works 
everything works. Everything right? works. Yeah. Um, however, find out what you like to do. For me, I think technology is great. And if I can let my fingers do most of the work by just doing some messaging and by doing that from wherever I want, I could do this from the beach, y'all. And this is part of the reason why we moved to Florida because there are plenty of times where, and now I've gotten better. I don't work at the beach anymore. Um, however, no, you actually fish. <laughs> I actually go fishing now. However, there are times where if I have work to do, I can go to the beach and just do it there because it's literally that easy. If you have a phone and you have Facebook, you could generate all of the off-market leads you want for free without spending any money anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. The other thing with that too, that's so important about your social media, in my opinion, is I can't tell you how many times I refer sellers to our Facebook page. I would say almost after every single call, I'm sending them directly there because they want to know that they're selling their house to someone that's a real person. There's a lot of internet scams and that's one of, that's most people's main concern. So to show who you are, show that you buy homes, show what you like to do, show just your personality, let them see recipes. (laughs) Yeah. Recipes (laughs) and go through all of that because they want to see that you're real. They want to see that what you're doing, they, they want to see all of that. And that's going to help you when it comes to getting the sale too. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, you know, simple things, like she just said, you know, you can share if you did buy a house, you can showcase how you help that person. Um, I like to go live and share how they help were helped out of a situation. And then something as simple as I share every Saturday a recipe and then a lady who actually sold us her condo, like referred to me as like, Oh yeah. Your wife's the one that likes to cook. <laughs> I, I remember her Facebook page. <laughs> right. So that stuff really works. And it's just being present and having a good, yeah. Having fun with it. Check out my page, guys. Jen buys five eight five. J E N N buys five eight five. Clearly, I didn't overthink the name. That was my old area code. I don't even live there anymore. But it's a great <laughs> conversation piece, and I try to post there daily and just kind of share who we are. Um, I do share some family photos, but you know, like Lexi said, I'm building that no like and trust factor. So when she hops off that call and people go do their little stalking, because they will, and if you don't have a presence online. I don't want to do business with you sometimes. Like if I'm researching, like I've got orthodontists I'm looking up. If they don't have uh, a presence on social media, that's going to make me go, hmm, right? Yeah, this day and age. Google reviews and all that, like that's important. But Facebook, I mean, is absolutely huge. So spot on. So the next thing I want to get into is now you're doing deals. You're working from home. Now you've also been helping us in other ways too. Yeah. So yeah. what's, what have you been doing there? What's that like? Yeah. So I've been hopping on Tuesday call or Wednesday calls, sorry. <laughs> and kind of just explaining what my position is to everyone. I'm jumping on live seller calls and letting everyone hear how I do that. And I really love that aspect. Um, so Lexi's giving back right now, guys. I just want to let you know, we, we do small group coaching and we do live support calls and everybody loves having her on there. So actually Lexi runs our Wednesday support call. So you're getting on with our small group clients and going over, what is it that you do there? Yeah. So when I'm on my calls on Wednesdays, I basically start off by saying who got on calls, because that's really the basis of my job. If I wasn't getting on calls, we wouldn't be getting these deals. Um, And so we might have all the information we need to make it happen, but if you're not physically doing it, that's a big halt. So I'm getting on, I'm seeing who's making calls and I'm figuring out if you're not making calls, why? Um, the other thing too, is just hopping on and letting people hear the way that I make a call, because I know when I was learning, listening to Joe make those calls was a game changer for me. I was able to hear how it's done. 
Um, and just getting that process down and really listening, doing things like that are going to make it so much easier when it comes time for anyone else to get on those calls as well. Um, so really, that's the basis of what it is. I'm just trying to help people figure out how they do, how I do what I do. And I'm also learning in that process too. I've been asked so many questions that I don't know the full answer to. And that tells me something else that I can work on and learn. And so it's really been a great process and experience. And hopefully I'm giving as much as I'm receiving from all the um, information that I get from everyone. Oh, I'm sure the feedback so far is phenomenal. And definitely, I think you should even role play and ask one of them to go back and forth. You be the the seller or they be the seller. Um, because sometimes that really works too. That'd be fun. <laughs> so you've gone full circle in one year from not only like just getting, learning how to do it, but now you're doing it, doing it full-time now because um, this is what you do for a living. Is that right? You're not just doing this like part-time or this is like your full-time job. Yeah, this is my full-time position. I've got nothing else going on right now. And it's it's amazing. If, if you can do this full-time, you can have the most flexible schedule and you can still have time to do what makes you happy. So that's what I think is so special about a position or a career in real estate is work on your time. But as long as you're getting it done, you've got all the other time to do whatever you want to do. Spend time with your family and be present in your family's lives. I think that's a really big aspect. And Joe, that's what you were mentioning too about your life. It's just, you've got so much freedom with this as long as you just pick it up and start somewhere and you can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think just about four years ago, it's November, it's 2019. I have a full-time job. I'm working like 60 hours a week. My wife is a stay-at-home mom with our two little ones that I don't get to see a whole lot, right? Because I had two days off, Friday and Sunday. And Friday, you know, my daughter's at school. So I got to see her like one day a week besides like when I got out of work late. So I, I dial back to when my life was like then. <clears throat> we were happy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were unhappy. But there was all these dreams that we wish we would have one day. <clears throat> but it was going to be, you know, when you're 70 years old and retired and then, you know, once you realize like, holy cow, like we could do all of these things right now and the flexibility it has just by putting in some really focused time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really the, the key. And I think you've named it, have good social media, take action, take good notes and keep learning. Mm-hmm. And if you do all of those things, like the deals start happening. Yeah. Right. So if I'm going to start off my first deal, I'm giving you guys the word, Go download our script. Definitely go to that blue ad. Mm-hmm. Get to some sellers. Get some thick skin. You're going to be called a scam. I'm called one like 30 times a day. And yeah. I know I'm not. So it's cool. <laughs> but I think though, too, if you have, if you really work on your social media and your brand yourself, like if your picture is like an avatar and your Facebook's all locked up, um, yeah, you're going to look like a scam. Or if you have your dog or cat, sure, they're cute. But guys, like people want to see a real person. Well, then have your picture of you holding, holding the dog. The or the cat, then that's fine, right? Because then you're a normal person doing normal stuff. Yeah. Um, but Facebook is a very valuable tool. And if I did not listen to my wife. Um, oh, wait, was uh, I right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So right. Because when we started doing like even some of our projects, this was all her doing social media stuff. It was not me. I didn't even have Facebook on my phone. I didn't you can have- fight it or you can use it as a tool, like Lexi was saying, too. So I think that's just really like the most important thing. And I fought it in the beginning. I was I like, no, you're crazy. I had crazy. to make your Facebook, I had to make your Instagram. I think you made your own YouTube, though. 
I might have. I think I did that. <laughs> and now I can't stop you. You're joining groups and taking over admin and now you're making new ones. And oh boy. But yeah. But it's been super awesome. And this is the way it's about connecting. So yeah. absolutely love it. So and say any other questions, feel free to drop them below. We're so thankful to have Lexi on today again. And we'll definitely have her on again in the new year. Um, but you know, she's just here to share what she's been learning and doing and such a candid, sweet way of, of sharing it all too with us. So if you've gotten anything that you've enjoyed out of that, please go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe so you can watch the replay. Um, but yeah. Um, so we have some great questions coming in. Um, okay. Besides your blue ad, what methods are you using to get leads? Facebook is really our big one. We, that's really what we do. We do get leads from other investors who, because they know what we do because of branding ourselves on social media. We have a lot of investors referrals, who yeah. reach out, referrals from friends and family. We do get a lot of those too. Um, there are times where we're driving down the road just because I might take a different way to the kids karate or something like that. And if I see a house or a for sale by owner, I always take those. Um, but those are really the big ones, guys. Um, and your your Facebook business page, if you create a Facebook business page, I have my friends, my family like it. I don't care if I've got 13 likes. It's not about the number of likes. Mm -hmm. We were so consumed with how many likes our page had and realized that made no difference whether we did business or not. What made difference was that we were consistently posting on there. That's what made the difference and not stock stuff. None of that stock. Like there's a quick picture of myself and I talked about how we just talked to a seller today where Jen took a quick video about something and it was done regularly. And that's what builds it out. If you did that just two times a week, every single week, consistently on your Facebook page, one month, you're going to have eight, 10 things on there, pictures and videos. Mm -hmm. Two months, you're going to have 20. Three months, you're going to have 30, 40 almost, right? And before you know it, when somebody says, you know, are you a scam? Send them back to your business Facebook page with the 13 likes on it and 50 videos, right? And they're going to see all the times that you've been talking about stuff and now they're going to feel like they could like, trust you, and they get to know who you are just by that. Yeah. So your Facebook business page, don't overthink it. Like if you want to buy in your backyard, then go local. Um, I try to touch up. I love the Rochester, New York area. That's where we're from originally. So especially when we were up there, I was snapping every location I could around that area, showcasing the locals down here. We're in the outside of Tampa area. So that's local to me too. But Again, it does. It doesn't have to be. If you're in living in California and you're buying in Ohio, like don't go out of your way to make it look like you're living in Ohio and be like inauthentic. But just be you, and, and don't overthink it. Just start posting stuff, um, and you can tag any location. That's fine. Yeah, and if your friends or family don't live in that area where you're looking to buy, but you can still have them like your page. Just yeah, they can still be fans. Check out what you're doing. We do buy nationally, but if you're just hyper focused in one area, that's fine too. Yeah, we do buy all over the country. Yeah. Um, and Joe, Jody's asking if you've bought a create a home on creative yet, Lexi, have you bought one with creative financing yet? <laughs> with Jen and Joe? Yes. Several, <laughs> uh, personally to keep. No, not yet. <laughs> I'm looking for one though. I just yes. kind of pinpoint the area I want to live in. I'm not looking to do rentals or anything as far as right now in my life personally. Um, but I am looking for one to purchase. So, oh, we're constantly looking for Lexi, but I keep on looking out this Florida market. We're, we're keeping our eyes on. And once again, if we could find a good house, nice neighborhood, and they have a 2.75 interest rate and they're lit, lit, I'm like, you're not paying 8%. Just get that out of the window right now that you're, you're not doing that. So once we find a really, really good deal, um, 
you know, instead of us keeping it as like a rental or do whatever, like mm-hmm. we're just going to say, I thought we almost had one in St. Pete for her, but <laughs> Hey, we're looking at them all the time. Close. That means it's coming around the corner. And yeah. then, uh, Joe, how do you interview the agent to find out what terms to offer? Don't want to introduce all the options ahead. Um, I don't interview agents. Mm-hmm. I try to avoid them like coronavirus. Um, and I'm being nice when I say that when I'm buying properties, when I'm selling properties, I love them. It's just a lot of time. If you you just need to go direct to seller, get the seller on the phone. Yeah, I go direct to seller. So if I'm going to be talking with an agent, because there's times I actually, I'm talking to one right now about a property. Um, cause I watched a podcast and this guy brought up how this property is not selling. I'm like, well, let me read it out to that agent. Now she's talking to me. Yeah. Um, but I do ask, um, if I were to, you know, pay around your price and cover all the closing costs, would your seller be open to terms or would your seller be open to seller financing? I just ask them a simple question. If they say yes, then we get on a call. If they say no, um, they only will do cash because of X, Y, Z reasons. I so fastly move on. Um, I mean, it's five seconds. I've already forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I'm on to something else. Anthony's got a great question. I like my job, but it isn't moving me toward this goal. I want to find a new job, probably sales, so I can get the repetition and accelerate the learning process. Anything you would recommend? Well, my response is stay in your job, but just get hyper-focused on implementing these creative strategies. And because what's going to happen is if, in my opinion, you'll go find a new job, then you're going to be busy learning that trade and you'll be learning all of that stuff. And all the creative financing real estate stuff is going to be pushed to the backside. So maybe try to focus through like, I see what you're saying, but I don't think like coming from what Lexi and I are, I I don't have the numbers background. I was an English teacher. Like I had no experience in this, but when I got hyper-focused on what creative financing is and how to talk to sellers and rent to own buyers, look at where we are today. So I would take the time instead of like transitioning jobs, I would stay in my job, do my job. But wow, every hour I had for the most part free without going crazy, <laughs> um, you know, focus on creative financing and generating leads. And like Lexi keeps saying, picking up the cell phone, but that's just me. That really is too, in my opinion, the fastest way you'll learn how to do this is just by actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said this last week in my live on Wednesday, but I think learning how to do this, it's like riding a bike. And Joe, I know you've said something similar before too, but if you can watch videos on how to ride a bike, you can watch someone else ride a bike. You can do everything along those lines, but until you actually get on the bike and ride it, you're not going to learn how to do it. So ding, just ding, actually ding. do it. Ring the bell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the bell ringer right there. <laughs> yeah. Great, great word. Um, Karima, do we look at multifamily properties? Absolutely. We've definitely- We've got leads of all of them. Yeah. Yep. It works there. And then how do you pick up the phone when your money is tied up in another property? There's plenty of ways that you don't have to come out of pocket with a ton of money down. So definitely I would check out some, it is definitely another webinar we could get into or podcast rather. Check out our YouTube channel. There are so many great episodes where we've talked about that. Maybe even investigate a little bit more of the sandwich lease purchase. Um, That might be something. I know we've talked about that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, guys, we buy properties with a with hundred bucks down, mm-hmm. cover some closing costs, and we're into a deal. Um, so once again, why do I try to also avoid real estate agents? It's because they're going to want a commission. If I'm going to buy a property, that ups my cost of entry with a commission. If I'm direct to seller and the dir- direct to seller, they're okay with a hundred dollars down, which a lot of our deals are, or Lexi could attest to very little down. I don't have to pay that closing costs and then pay a commission on top of that. It gets to be too expensive where the deal doesn't make sense. So this is why I'm so big on direct to seller because 
there are many times we bought a property with a hundred bucks. And I mean, I'm talking. The closing statement will read like $5,629. And literally that was all plus. So I almost want to do like a quick, like either like a Saturday, like yeah, quick we'll have to do it. study, but yeah. I want to ask a question and somebody drop down in the comments below or send us a message. Um, would you guys like to see a deal that we bought with a hundred bucks down, like $5,200 of pocket and how we made 130,000 profit in two years? Like, would anybody want to see how we did that? No money, no banks, how we turned 5,300 bucks or 5,200 bucks into 130,000. We'll share the details. We can share the the closing docs, all the stuff. So you can see what a deal looks like when we buy, how we found that deal, and then how we sold it. And then the closing docs when we sold it to so show where every penny went. Would you guys want to see that? You're getting a bunch of yeses. So maybe like a Saturday webinar or something we'll, we'll host for you guys to do that. But thank you so much today, Lexi. We had so much fun with you as always. And we wish you a beautiful, happy Thanksgiving. And we'll have you on again in, in the new year here as we continue to work with the shifting market and all the fun things that are happening. Yeah, we got to have you way back way more often. And so we can talk about the state of the market and things like that, right? It just shifts. We're seeing this stuff live. You're talking to tons of sellers every single week. So yeah, you're doing a great job and happy one year anniversary. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks for being here, guys. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. We go live. We interview awesome people like Lexi, and we'd love to see you next week. Take care, everyone. See you guys. Bye.